0: Culture and psychology with Tavana. A very warm hello to our Radio dot listeners. I'm sitting with my colleagues and friends, Dr. Alex and Dr. Daniel Rockers, and uh, we wish you all well on a Sunday. And if you're listening to us, we are from Radio dot and we um, work together to create this program. Uh, on the spot, without any um, pre um, preparation. Um, So it's just natural. And we come up with ideas as we meet and we talk, and then we air it. So I hope you enjoy our program on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to one o'clock on their culture and psychology. And our podcasts are from, uh, you can search us in Google and um, iTunes, and you can just uh, search for our program on their culture and psychology and you can find us with all different topics we probably have about so far 150 some uh, topics that we have conversed about and today as I was talking to my colleagues about a book that has come out uh, by name of how to change the science of getting from where you are to where you want to be and um, I just want to start with um just saying the whole um, book basically is talking about we all want to make changes and do things. And as yesterday, we talked about this uh, throughout the whole program. We were talking about things that we want to do. We feel like we don't have time or we don't get to it or life is so busy. um, We always feel like we don't have time. But in this book, uh, Dr. Milkman talks about How much time we actually have, but how sometimes we just sit and we just don't do anything, but we don't realize that how much of our time is wasted or is not really productive. But she actually, the part that I like about the the way she starts talking about this is, she first talks about her own life and why she came up with who she is right now and what she is. She says when she was uh, in engineering program uh, she had a very hard time to keep track of his studying and it was very difficult classes and those she was sort of, um, I would say, depressed, cuddling um, on a sofa with a blanket, watching Netflix and eating and eating. And she suddenly uh, just hated what she's doing. And she said, um, let's look, what is it that I'm not doing the right way? And why am I in this situation? Always uh, just hating to go back to my homework and doing my work. And I'm just Getting sick and tired of the way I am doing my stuff, so she started thinking. Okay, she needs to go to gym. She needs to exercise. Why is it that she doesn't like doing that? So she says, "How can I reward this? How can I pair this with something that I like to do?" So she said, "I started thinking. I love to read, but because I am just cuddling up here on the sofa and watching um, Netflix." So it seems like I like movies, I like books. So she's she started pulling these pieces out to find the exact problem that she's facing and she realized yes she likes she likes to be also a reader. She says before that I feel like I'm not literate. I'm not really a person when I sit with people, I haven't read anything. I want to be a person that knows about books and reads. So she says, I started thinking, okay, now I can have a podcast of books that I like to read. And I'm going to go to gym and start listening to this while I'm uh, exercising. So this become very successful on her schedule. And then she comes home, she feels like she has so much energy. Now her mind is open to study. And then she actually becomes a great um, student in her program. And then uh, then she continues to go to PhD and gets her PhD in engineering. So I want to open this conversation with just that beginning that how we can start thinking about what we don't do and what we want to do and how we change it.
1: Yeah. Well, I think along those lines, it's just the idea that change is hard. I think a lot of times we get consumed in our life, consumed in our experience and it feels like this is how it is not where it's, it's an option or a choice to do some things different. Uh, I always jokingly say, you know, change is like exercise. Imagine like the first time you exercise, Like it's sore, you're sore, it hurts, it's like uncomfortable. It's like, wait, why am I doing this almost? You know, we feel the pain of it before we feel the benefits of it. But we know that if we continue with it and continue to uh, push ourselves it can actually become enjoyable and rewarding. So that change that positive change that we're seeking sometimes doesn't feel like the first uh, piece to it. It's instead it's the discomfort. So knowing that change is a bit of an uphill battle. It can be something that we're having to uh, kind of embrace the uncomfortableness, uh, the unfamiliarity with it. Um, I think it allows us to be kind of patient with both ourself and even what it means to, to get the gains from that change Uh, along those lines, like you're saying, I I like that idea too of like coupling, you know, even if it's one other thing, two other things uh, that you can get from beginning something new. Uh, Otherwise I think if it's, you're just expecting that to give you something, you can be disappointed. So for example, I do something similar when I, when I go to the gym and I do the elliptical like I will stare at the time and it feels like forever. And so I'm just like, I've learned, I cannot have just the clock there. What I do is I'll, I'll like watch Netflix or something like that. So I'm focusing on the story and then I'm not really paying attention to how much time I've tried it the other way. And it's very difficult, very challenging. I'm like, okay, five seconds, I'm exhausted. Like, well, this is, this is going to be a long 30 minutes. And so, yeah, I like the idea of kind of adding some things to that change to make it a little bit more manageable.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I was just thinking, for example, if I'm listening to audio, the books I like to listen to, they're not in the beat Of exercising that you want (laughs) to do. Mm -hmm. So it makes it difficult because sometimes you want to relax and read and think about it as you're on the treadmill and running. For me, it's like music. It's it's the music that helps with the beat of running or exercising. What I was just thinking if um, I'm reading, it has to be like if I'm listening to audio, probably has to be like. Um, weightlifting. So while you're doing that, you're listening. Otherwise, if you're running, you probably need something more exciting with the beats that uh, helps you to move faster. Um, But definitely, I've noticed that if you exercise and You work out, uh, your mind is fresh and you want to do more. You want to take care of things. You come back home with more energy. But um, now that we are during COVID and it's hard to go to the gym, one of the things we can do is there's so many YouTube programs that they um, walk you through some of the exercises or just simply I was watching a video that somebody sent it to me and it was uh, just walking and the rhythm of walking that how you start to slowly and even you're standing in one place, but you actually follow the rule of the leader. And it was very interesting that um, that moves um, how much energy you um, spend and how much actually without realizing you're exercising. So uh I just wanted to also mention, if you just turn on your radio to listen to us, we are from Radio BombDot and our program is under culture and psychology. Uh, We so far have been talking about how to change and the science of getting from where we are to where we wanna be. And we talked about um, sort of looking at this uh, from the point of An engineer, someone who really is uh, careful with the pieces to pull and find the problem and start uh, resolving the issue. And we all have the laziness, the procrastination in us. And I always feel like it's part of being a human being. We love to cuddle on a couch and, and just do nothing when we have time, but rather than going to the gym or doing something productive. So, if you are listening to us, um, we have been talking about this and we talked about the book um, called How to Change the Science of Getting from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. And um, we um, actually got to a point that we thought it would be a great idea to pair something rewarding with something that it's hard for us to do.
1: I think as people, we like to be comfortable. Uh, it's hard to, as I was mentioning, like with the exercise, you know, to anticipate that discomfort and to see it as part of that change. I think sometimes the the discomfort overshadows sometimes the benefits that we're striving for in that way. But if we look at it as kind of a challenge or something that is a piece of it versus the whole we can allow ourselves to kind of endure that a little bit more. So I think that's uh, a lot of times a challenge people will kind of express it's like, Oh, exercising. Oh, I got to get up. I got to, you know, we see all the hurdles and all the barriers and the difficulties versus what are the benefits? I'm going to feel more energized. I'll sleep better. Um, I think sometimes too, it, it's important to even say those things out loud uh, to ourselves. Sometimes that the negative or the, the challenges can be swirling around in our mind and we need to hear ourselves say, well, what are the benefits to that change? And and so, you know, kind of like we talked about a previous show, you know, even sharing that with other people in a way of not that pressure, that accountability, but just that, Hey, this is something I'm striving for uh, because it can be hard enough to encourage and motivate ourselves. If we have somebody saying, Oh, have you tried it? You know, how's that feeling? Uh, Just really kind of trying to, Uh, kind of nurture that part of you that wants to change. Uh,
0: Also, I was uh, going to say sometimes um, the reason I'm saying that it just took me, Alex, as you were talking to one of our family members who is uh, with today's a standard old, but he's uh, in a very good shape. And he, he's actually 90 and uh, he walks two, three hours a day, and that's something that he is so proud of, and he actually has a Fitbit that he counts his steps. And one of the things last we saw him, he was proud of was how many steps now he takes, and it's so encouraging for him that every day to add to his steps. And I was just thinking, that might be actually sort of resetting your program, that start with something that you didn't have. Like if you didn't have a Fitbit and you can get one, or whatever, uh, even uh, now with the smartphones, we can do that, or many other devices, I'm sure. But I'm just saying something that it motivates you, counts your steps, and the next day you want to do more. I think that's really encouraging when you have some sort of biofeedback, maybe uh, it's just giving you some idea because um, our scale shows us how much we wait. And then if every day you weight yourself, you're motivated to keep it up or, you know, um, I hope it's not disappointing to be disappointed and go backward, but I'm just thinking, do things that motivates you to do better and more. Um, We are to our first break, so um, I want to once again uh, tell our listeners that on Saturdays and Sundays at 12 to 1, uh, we work with Radio BombDot. Our program is in English language, and if you have anyone who would benefit from our conversation, uh, please ask them to join us and listen to us. Our podcasts uh, from Google or iTunes can be researchable under culture and psychology, which is the name of our program. We come back and we continue our conversation, but I would like to say some words in Farsi for our Farsi speakers if they're listening to us. <laughs> با دکتر دنیل راکرز روزهای شنبه و یه شنبه از ساعت 12 تا یک بعد از ظهر در رادیو بامداد داد با شما هستیم در مورد ما پس‌های مختلف روانشناسی و موضوعات رو صحبت می‌کنیم. اگر کسانی در منزل هستن که صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی ترجیح میدن بشنون، خواهش کنین روزهای شنبه و یه شنبه به برنامه ما توجه کنن. ضمناً اگر دوست دارین بدونین ما تا قسمت اول برنامه راجب چی صحبت کردیم، ما راجب تغییراتی که میتونیم در خودمون ایجاد کنیم به خاطر اینکه وحری بهتری از وقتمون ببریم. برمیگردیم بعد از دنباله صحبتمون رو بعد از یه بریک کوتاه ادامه میدیم. back with Dr. Alex and Dr. Daniel Rockers. This is Saeed a. Malik Afsali speaking. Um, we are from Radio BombDot. If you just turn on your radio, uh, we have been talking about a new book by Dr. Kathy Melkman, how to change the science of getting where we are to where we want to be. And um, so far, we've been talking about Motivation pairing what you like to do with something that is hard for you so that you reward yourself. And I was just thinking about that. It's the same as let's say you want to start eating healthy. So when we get home and we are hungry, we open the uh, refrigerator or we open the cupboard to see what is there to eat. So obviously, if they have chips and they have all these lovely things that we all love to have, I am the first person to be guilty of that because I love chips. And if it's around, I'm going to eat it. So um, empty your cupboard from all those things that, you know, is not healthy. And then when you're hungry and you open the fridge, if there is a carrot, if there are some vegetables, um, and and you just take that. But obviously, when you're hungry and there is no healthy food, what you do, you just turn to what, you know, you like to eat. So just in my mind.
2: Did you say carrot?
0: Yeah. (laughs) You don't eat carrot?
2: (laughs) I want potato chips and I get a carrot?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Did you know that scientific study that actually now you reminded me of, you know, they did a scientific study, they put a bunch of uh, students on computer, and then at the break, because they knew they're hungry, they started showing a carrots picture, and then um, they, um, after a while, they put the carrot into every everyone's plate by the computer. They got so used to seeing the carrot and eating the carrot. So our mind, that's how it's programmed. You, know, you see it, then you're hungry and it's available. You, you, you eat it. And, and of course, soon after, if you have the opportunity to see all those food that you love, you turn to it. But the point is, do things that prevents you from doing what you're not supposed to.
1: I definitely am not going to eat a carrot next time I see it just to <laughs> protest to this idea. I, I think it's a great idea though, to, to kind of make those alternate changes in that way. One thing I find is even starting smaller. So like, for example, like if you have a bag of chips, you know, even having a, like pre-measured in like little baggies or something like that, where you're like, okay, I know I'm going to want the chips, You know, rather than saying, let me get rid of them completely or not not let me have them at all, you know, maybe kind of doing something like that. Or sometimes they even have those little packs where they're like 100 calories or something like that. And so I find it's like, well, you can give yourself that. And then also you feel good because you didn't overindulge. And so it's like, okay, that compromise that you, you make for yourself. And so I think sometimes that can be the idea of like trending down to eventually get to carrots, of course. But, you know, maybe starting with just reducing. Cause a bag of chips, I mean, you know, what, what is it? Like Pringles, they say, you can't just eat one, right? Like you're gonna like have was, it open. That
2: was Lay's.
1: Lay's. There you go. Yeah. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna eat more than you want to. It's oh just gosh, like,
0: what did we have at uh, Daniel's uh, home when we met for one of our shows? I remember he had something, um, what was called pretzels? Some, uh, uh it was, it was hot. It was, um, it was a spicy, spicy pristle. I immediately went back. I asked you where you got it from. I went to Rayleigh's. I got a pack of that. Oh, uh,
1: I remember them. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, that's true. So
1: it was Daniel's yeah. fault. There go. Yeah,
0: that's Daniel's. All these programs for <laughs> for uh, weight, like Weight Watcher, or all these other programs, they do the same thing, Alex. They don't. They don't want you to feel like you are uh, you are going to go back the temptation to go back. So they actually put it in your program with a small portion of it. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. Actually, maybe the best is to. Um, just keep it in a small bag so that you don't eat more than maybe you're supposed to. But if it's, it's, on- it's just
1: one way. Yeah. Sometimes people yeah. can just jump straight into like, you know, yeah. eating a lot healthier. So, you yeah. know, I think it's kind of finding what maybe speaks to you at that point, because yeah, I feel like at different times in our life, we can be motivated by different things. And so I know for myself in regards to, you know, change, I several years ago, when I went to the doctor, they were like, you're like pre pre diabetes. And like that scared the heck out of me. I was like, I do not want to have diabetes. I was in my early thirties. I stopped everything. I stopped eating tortillas. I stopped eating cheese. I stopped drinking soda. I still didn't drink soda. I like completely changed overnight. Um, And it didn't feel as hard because I was so motivated by fear. (laughs) I was motivated by the fear and really the, the, you know, the focus on health and wanting to be healthy and not having to, uh, you know, kind of, you know, be weighed down or impacted, uh, by health issues in any way. So, um, and, and then I learned, uh, you know, it was a, a lifestyle change, um, that, you know, I fluctuate with now because I can still, you know, now I'm, I'm not as fearful, but I still am very present with eating healthy and being conscientious about those things. So, yeah. Hey, Alex, when I
2: was in my thirties, I got full on diabetes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. You're just going to, you're going to do it. You're going to go hard on. Huh? You're just going to go yeah. all the way with it. Yeah. Yeah. Bam. Not type two. Yeah. Type one. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I went the,
2: the full route, but what kicked it in for me or what, what I was reminded when you were talking is I made that change, that eating change pretty much overnight at that point. And the, the thing that really stands out for me is the idea of, portion control. And when you talk about measuring out some chips, it is, we may think we're eating like what's one portion, you know, if you look on the back of the bag, and it'll say this many grams, or this is a cup or something like that. Our perception of that amount, if we don't weigh it out, is almost always way off. You You may think you're getting that amount or that amount of cereal in your bowl or whatever, or you're going to eat that amount. If you're eating out of the bag, no, you're not going to be eating that amount. You'll probably eat twice or three times that amount. And those foods too, those are engineered. I mean, they're engineered in the sense of the salty sweet and the fat content such that when they said, you bet you can't eat just one there's data for that they did thousands of people and they know that's an addictive flavor that yes that's good i want more and you keep eating more do you feel like
1: the yeah i feel like the back of the bags are deceiving because they're like oh serving size it's like like a, a potato chip. It's like two potato chips is 300 calories. And you're like, oh, the whole bag is 300 calories. No, 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 It's like two chips and that's it. So that's what I always encourage people. Don't just look at the calories in the back, like look at the serving size. And and often you're very surprised by, you know, like, how are they measuring it only by two chips? Nobody eats two chips, you know, but it's like, oh, that's a nice number. It's only, it's only 70 calories, you know, for two chips. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to eat the whole bag. So what is that? Like do a little math.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, aren't they like uh car dealers? The way they... <laughs> I was just thinking, it's the same, you know,
2: <laughs> they're
0: like called car dealers.
2: I should have known, I should have known car dealers were somehow involved here
0: in, in everything, you know, it's,
2: yeah, it's the problem, it's Imagine a problem,
0: everything, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's it's really interesting that how our taste um i was listening to npr long time ago and it sticked to me they were talking about it was science friday and they usually talked about different things and that day was about food i was driving and listening to that session that section of their conversation and it was amazing they were talking to a scientist and they were saying you know a baby you have to give him 13 times of a taste of a food so that they get used to it and they can eat it. But with anything sweet or anything um, pretty much unhealthy stuff that they make that make it so tasty, it's just one time. It's just one time they have studied that. And the babies, they want it like Coke, uh, M&Ms, all those car dealers stuff. I have to be careful with that word because I know some of our (laughs) listeners, I apologize if this isn't, I know some lovely friends we have, they're into this business and I have to stop saying that because I'm just joking with Dan, not to to say (laughs) that to anybody. So I want to be very clear that the reason I said that is because of what Dan said but that's cool people that i know and they may be listening to us so it's not about you because they're in every profession they're different people i actually value some of the good people that they're in this field so i want to be clear on that but going back to um... just lost
2: a few listeners
0: (laughs) yeah
2: i hope not Car sales car dealers
0: yeah they're good people Oh, they're lovely people. And know some of our friends are, and, uh, you know, I was telling, um, actually Alex, before we start a program about temptation bundling, there's a term in psychology that means pairing something pleasant, rewarding with something that you don't like to do so that you tend to do it because of that reward. For example, if you want to read like yesterday we were talking about reading wanting to read why don't you when you're going for a walk to listen in an audiobook so that you're doing the walking thing what's something you want to do and it's been postponed or you want to go to gym and you want to reward yourself with something you really like for example Um, going to meet a friend that you haven't seen for a long time, but it's motivating to come back, get dressed, take a shower, get dressed and go, you know, match things with something that, um, you know, it's not that easy, but on the other hand, you want to do it, but you have to reward yourself somehow in doing it.
1: I know we talk a lot about like health and exercise, just trying to think other things that we can kind of pair that with. I'm wondering too, if it's even like maybe after, doing something that you don't like, or something that's challenging, and you reward yourself, maybe like to go have a cup of coffee, or go, you know, out in nature, just something where it's like, okay, this is connected to that. Um, Otherwise, I think we'll end up avoiding it completely. So trying to say, okay, after I clean up the house, you know, I'll, you know, have this, this, this reward that I'll do that's That closely follows time-wise or one of the things I was encouraged to is, you know, those things that we have to do, such as cleaning the house chores, like let's play music while we're doing that, where it it kind of enlivens that experience and never may make it exciting or fun necessarily, but at least it doesn't make it where it's unbearable or like stressful even. Mm
0: -hmm. And one of the rewards, uh, for example, if you want to have a gathering in your house, the reward is, um, you know, you may want to change some of the things in your house, it's sort of encouraging to start working on those things, because you want to have a gathering in your house, we always motivate ourselves for doing something by something else. And I think a simple one is, uh, you know, what you mentioned, or even um, housework, for example, if uh, we want to do something rewarding, maybe do it after you do a chore that's not that um, you know pleasant, or you really look forward to it, but match it with something pleasant. And I was going to say, also, um, Dr. Meltman in his book talks about two things that was very interesting. It was like well, think about the computer; you have a default program that when you get your computer. Uh, Everything is the default that you get the computer, but then you reset those defaults and put it on the way you want it. Like, for example, for your Word document, you change the font, you change maybe the color, you do a lot of stuff to reset it. Why don't we do that to our program with uh, things that you want to do and you feel like this is something I want to accomplish But because we are set on the default and we are used to that, we don't think about it. And then the word reset really was uh, stick to me that this is really interesting. We can reset the way we are programmed after a while. You know, this is our daily work. This is what we do. So how can we reset our program? How can we set our schedules? Um, And that was one thing that, I thought it was very interesting to me that may just be encouraging to do.
1: Yeah. I like that idea of reset. And I think we can use some of those natural resets that we ex- exist in our life as an opportunity to, to start something new or do something. I mean, we can say each day is a reset. We're going to sleep at night, waking up in the morning. I even think sometimes uh, such as like the morning, the afternoon, the evening, we can use those as resets. Uh, the example I give a lot of times when people are, say feeling like they're having a rough morning sometimes will people say oh the day is ruined it's like all right well hold on like we haven't had the afternoon yet we haven't had the evening what if we try to use those as resets Um, meals we can use those as resets okay i'm gonna eat lunch and then after lunch i'm going to do x y and z and so trying to build in that mentally can be so important i think for ourselves and you know we can look at we can expand that from the day, the week, the month, the year, even in that way. I think you were mentioning earlier, Saideh, about New Year's resolutions as a time for change, too.
0: Um, yeah. And actually, one of the things that she talks about in her book is uh, we usually are, use, are, are used to, our program, our default is like resolution on New Year. Hmm. So she says, why don't we change this default to other dates, you know, like uh, Veterans Days. Um, actually, she says change it to some happier days. You know, mm-hmm. Veteran Days. Maybe it's a vacation, is a holiday, is a date that we can set. But it's sort of not so happy, you know. Mm-hmm. But like Labor Day, like a birthday, like a s- anniversary celebration of some sort of a specific date, like March twentieth, uh, the new season the uh, spring season, or something that is important to you in your life. And you can say from this birthday. And then she says, there's always a Monday in a week. So why don't you wait all the way to that specific date event? Why don't you say this Monday, I'm going to start something. So change that new year resolution to something Sooner and something that you don't have to wait all the way up to resolution because we know that those three faults sometimes don't work. The other thing I was going to say, she talks about, which was really important, was like, even for big companies, when they started the K01, um, I mean, um, the
1: the 401k.
0: 401K, uh, So she said one of the, intensive incentive for the companies to actually do that, which took 40% um, actually higher um, in people's, um, actually made 40% higher amount in the retirement money of um, people who were working was that they told the companies that they're gonna decrease their um, taxes. And that amount that the companies started seeing um, deducted in their tax because of that um, 401k money into account of the employees, that was their incentive. And that caused them, rather than putting that box that they had to uh, check mark to say, yes, I want deduction from my amount, they actually reverse that. They put that mark for everybody unless they didn't want it. And they said that caused 40% higher increase in people who actually wanted to have 401k, which is beneficial for both. So he, she actually was pointing to even things in a bigger scope that sometimes we don't realize that the reward can create something beneficial for ourselves or for others, you know? Um, So I probably think we are at a time for a break and we come back to continue our conversation. I wanna say uh, to our listeners that they're listening to us from Radio BombDot on Saturday and Sundays. We um, have our culture and psychology program uh, at 12 to one o'clock. And if you're listening to us and you hear us in English language, we are um, speaking English about psychological topics with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade um, on daily uh, current or anything that beneficial is beneficial to our listeners, uh, specifically some psychological topics that we come up at the time we speak. And um, if you're listening to us today. And you just turn on your radio. Uh, so far, we've been talking about a book that came out from um, a doctoral engineer, a, a PhD um, in engineering by name of Kathy Milkman, How to Change the Science of Getting from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. And we've been talking about uh, casually about things that we want to do and how we can actually uh, do the temptation bundling, meaning pairing it with something pleasant, something that we like. And then if there's something that it's beneficial, but we have a hard time to start or do, when we pair it with something pleasant, uh, it's helpful to start on that. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگر صدای ما رو از رادیو بامداد میشنویم به زبان انگلیسی ما روزهای شنبه و یه شنبه از رادیو بامداد در مورد مسائل مختلف روانشناسی و موضوعات روز صحبت میکنیم امروز صحبتمون در مورد کارهایی که میخواییم بکنیم و برامون سخت معمولاً تنبلی و عقب انداختن کار یکی از خاصیتهایی که ما رو باز میداره از کارهایی که می‌خوایم بکنیم اما یه راه کارهایی رو ما راجبش صحبت کردیم یک بریک کوتاه میدیم برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم We are back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. This is Saeeda malik afsalia speaking. Um, we um, are here to talk about the change we would like to happen in our life. We mentioned the book that uh, Kathy Milkman has written by name of How to Change. And um, we are continuing our conversation.
1: One of the things I hear a lot of people talk about is the time frame for change. I know there are kind of common uh, ideas in regards to, you know, takes 28 days to build a habit. Um, sometimes I hear it's, you know, we have to do it for a few months before it gets into the swing of things. I wonder if in relation to the book, there's any kind of comments or, or mention of a time frame. Uh, also, what the two of you maybe have seen or believe in that way. Uh, I, I think it takes a little bit longer than 28 days. I think 28 days of consistently doing something can start to build it. But I wanna say, I think it takes a lot longer than that for it to become very ingrained and very automatic. Uh, what are you guys' take on that?
0: Uh, I, sorry, go ahead.
1: I think the perception
2: is an important part. I like to ask the question, if I, let, let's say I start a running program, like I go out and run each day, a couple miles, at what point, what time frame can I, will I begin to say, um, yeah, I'm a runner? I I go out and run every day. Is it, it's probably not after I do it two days. Mm -hmm. It's Probably not after I do it even one week, I wouldn't feel like, "Mm, it's not really me. And would I, is it after doing it a month? Would I say, yeah, yeah, I'm a runner. I run every day. Or would it be longer than that? So I think that perceptual piece of that is pretty important in terms of our own motivation. It's part of, becomes part of one's identity. And I think that's an important part. My understanding of the 28 days thing is that that's about how long it takes to grow new receptors for your brain neurons. So you get new pathways there. Whether that's the case or not, I don't know. I think it's at least a month to do it. Probably another way to think about it is you need to be able to think of it like a habit, like brushing your teeth. If when we really get a habit, we don't have to make a decision. Should I brush my teeth or not? No, you just do it. You don't think about it. If you try to decide, then there's that big risk of not doing it. It's like getting up in the morning. If Should I get up now or should I maybe sleep a little bit longer? You're probably going to sleep longer. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to get up right away.
0: To answer your question, Alex, uh, regarding if she has mentioned anything in her book, I only read the article that APA had released uh, from uh, the interview they had with her during that time, which was a good hour. I didn't see anything about the time frame, but Um, The other part that I remember I was reading, I was very interested in all the diet books. And I was uh, for a long time, uh, as soon as a book came out about the new diet, I was reading to find out what it is. And I remember in one of the books that I read, which was done by a scientist, uh, he was uh, mentioning that in 21 days or Uh, You know, usually the programs for diets are 20 in 21 day, you can lose this many weight in 21 day, uh, you can change, you can see a change in you. But um, two things happens after 21 day, or let's say 28 days, some people feel like they have done their chore. And now they're free to go back to what they were eating. But he was just saying, it's the continuation of this 21 day that would work. With 21 day, we can reset our program. He was uh, mentioning that it takes at least three months, three good months, so that we really can say, now we are eating healthy. Now we are a runner. So I guess, um, I understand what Dan is saying regarding the receptors, which I'm sure it's working well, but you have to continue longer to become part of your lifestyle
2: longer than what
0: longer than 28 days or 21 days, or, you know, because, um, usually the diets and programs that they, um, Uh, you know, advertise, they usually say, within a 21 day, you're going to lose this many weights. But not only 21 day, maybe it's not enough. But also, uh, many people after 21 day, they give permission to themselves to start eating things that they like, or they say, Well, I just do a little, I just do a little. And then here and there, those littles take them back to where they were, you know, so you really have to have discipline, I think, to change some of the long-term habits you have had. You really need to be very much disciplined to be able to continue doing what is not easy and what is not what you've been used to for years. Uh, you know, so it's not it's not really easy. You have to really think about it deeply. If you really, really want to do something that become your lifestyle, is this what you want to do? Are you the one who can prevent yourself from, uh, for example, going back to even a little bit of doing that? You know, you have to be committed. You have to be disciplined.
1: I think that's hard. Yeah. Because I'm just thinking how some of these changes can come with rewards. Like you said, that idea of like being a runner to take on that identity you can share that with others. You know, people usually respond to that positively. So to, to be able to, to, you know, you can even get connected with other people who run. So there's a lot of things I can see that can reinforce that. I think it's harder when those things are more, I don't want to say in isolation, but are maybe more individualized. So it's like, Oh, I'm a healthy eater. Like people don't usually say that, um, because the reward is only for oneself. And so it can be harder, I think, when it comes to those things that are just for us in that way. But uh, again, I think there can still be ways that we share that and encourage that. Um, even as we talked yesterday about being you know, readers, it sounds like we're all readers in some ways. And so it was exciting, I think, for me to hear that from you. One, that you struggle with it, uh, <laughs> knowing that that can be uh, similar, but then it's also kind of motivated me too. Like I want to, I want to Be better at that because I know that you know we talked about it. I know that's something that you guys are wanting to do. Um, So I think a big piece of that change can be even having that support and that network uh, around any of the things that we're doing.
0: Um, I, uh, as you were just talking, Alex, I was just thinking one of the organizations I once in a while work with. They have a secretary who is a very, very small, tiny lady, um, mid-age, you know, and she's probably even not five um, uh, feet tall. So she's really short and small, small. And she uh, I think it was about before um, pandemic that she was sharing that she wants to run. And she started running. And then a couple of times I've seen her and she shared that she continues. Every time I see her, I go, are you still running? She goes, yes, I'm still running. This uh, couple of weeks ago, the last time I saw her, she looked amazing she looked so different she had she had muscles she um looked great and i said what are you doing she goes i continued this all these years that i decided i'm running and she said i have a trainer now so um i'm working with a trainer so actually she became more and more committed And um, she was just sharing that at the beginning, it wasn't easy. I started to run just short runs and um, then I just wanted to do more and I continued and continued. And then now she is actually, I would say professional runner because she was sharing what she's doing, all these organizations that she's with and the run that she does. And then the personal trainer and, um, imagining right now in my head how she came from where she was to where she is now and how amazing she looks with all these muscles and then feeling good, motivated. It was just so amazing. And at that time, I thought, this is great when you continue doing what you want to do and you get to this point. But how many of us can do that? You know, we want, but do we stick to it? we really do it. Uh, I know we are towards the end of our program. Uh, as usual, we want to end with each of us saying our final statement. So we start with Dr. Um, Andrade.
1: Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is just like run, run. <laughs> I mean, just, I think it's too easy to say, just do that thing that we want to do. And I think Nike has a it's copyrighted. So I can't say just do it, but start small you know, be patient with yourself, be compassionate. Again, I really believe change is one of the hardest things. I I kind of jokingly say to patients, if it was easy as just, you know, making a change, I would meet with you once I tell you, do that thing that you want to do, or don't do that thing that you were doing. And I never see you again. And a lot of times, When you're starting therapy, it's a process because change, especially when it comes to that emotional, those mental changes can be really challenging, really difficult. So it's not as easy as just doing it, but it's also important to start. So start small, be patient, be compassionate with yourself. How about you, Daniel? What would you say to listeners?
2: I would say, figure out a way to make those little changes and, and make sure you pay attention to what's a small change and appreciate that. But how can you make those fun? Earlier, I think it was yesterday, we were talking about change and the challenge of change. But can you set up your own personal challenge so that whatever thing you're trying to achieve is kind of fun or motivating? Like for me, if I'm doing my morning stretches, if I can get even just a little bit further than before, I'm like, yes, I'm doing it. I'm moving ahead here. And for me, that's motivating. If you watch kids on how they play, and playing is almost always some learning, but it's fun learning. They're challenging themselves. Well, what if I can do this? Well, how about this? Or how about that? And it's all in a fun spirit. So can you make the change fun? And
0: Alex, what you were saying, Ron, run. run. I thought of uh, Tom Hanks in Forest Gum, run Forrest, run. <laughs> that came to my mind. Uh, and I want to, again, back to what we were talking about yesterday, reiterate that, you know, see the end result. Like, for example, if I see the end result in what I want to do, it would help that I start doing it. So, um just be uh, mindful of where you want to go at the end. See yourself there. Uh, be motivated by seeing yourself at the end. And with that, I want to say thank you to my colleagues, Dr. Andrade and Dr. Rockers. And our program is uh, ended right now. We are ending our program. It's not ended yet. But uh, We want to make sure to mention our program is under Culture and Psychology from Radio Bamdad on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 1. Listen, please, to our podcast in iTunes and Google. Search us uh, under Psychology and Culture or Culture and Psychology. And when you search us uh, by topic, even, you can find us. We have talked so many topics so far and you can uh, actually, based on the interests you have, search on our um, on iTunes or Google and uh, listen to us. Uh, thank you, and um, we come back next week to continue our conversation. <laughs>
3: استمو با بارکو که ساعتی نبازشه با بارکن چشم منو باور بارکو که یک رسدی خواهیشه. سه یه عاشق شدم التهاب لحظه غمه حسرت فریاد کردن اسم کسی با اسم تو هر اسمی که هست مثل قزم چه عاشقان است قربت وسه مثل صفر مثل قربت صادقان است باور کن اسممو باور کن من فصله برونه برگم با و گل درختم درخت خشکی تو دستم بابر کن همیشه بابر کن که من به عشق صادقم باور کن حرف من و بابر کن که من همیشه عاشقم